0: Another exciting day. Um, I know we all have a lot of anticipation around schedule announcement day, uh, but exciting day as we announce the 2024 schedule and, you know, another great blend um, as we think about some of the new markets that we're going to be returning to, um, a new track that a lot of our fans have been asking for for a long time, um, and then a lot of historic racetracks that we get to celebrate as well. So. Um, First and foremost on the 2024 schedule, I think the most talked about one so far is Iowa Speedway. I had the opportunity to go to Des Moines yesterday and uh, meet with Governor Reynolds. Rusty Wallace was there. Brad Keselowski was there. And uh, and make the announcement for the first time. And what will be our 76-year history will be going to Iowa Speedway. So um, really excited to be bringing our Cup Series there, as well as the Xfinity Series and Arca Menard Series. Um, It's been four years since we've had the chance um, to go to Iowa's Viva, I guess, five years next year um, with one of our national series. And I think it's going to put on a great racing product. Um, Frankly, I think it's going to be a good blend between what we've seen um, on short tracks and intermediate style racing, which has been really strong with the next gen car. Um, And it's something that our fans have been asking for for a long time. So I think it's going to look like an amazing crowd. I'm sure camping will be really strong there. a great way to kick off NBC's portion of the season. In addition to that, we've already made um, a handful of other announcements. We'll be returning to the Bushlight Clash at the Coliseum, which will again be on Big Fox on February 4th. In addition to that, we're going to have our NASCAR Mexico Series joining us for the first time at that event. Um, So really excited to see um, the NASCAR Mexico Series joining us on Sunday, which I think is going to be a great addition um, and a lot of crossover between um, you know, having some of our Mexico drivers come to Los Angeles uh, and be in the spotlight in downtown Los Angeles and a huge market for us. So be great to um, unofficially kick off our season with an exhibition race at the Clash of the Coliseum, be returning to the Chicago street race um, for our second annual year. And, um, you know, unfortunately, we had some weather this year. I'm I'm excited about what next year is going to look like. We had a lot of things, unfortunately, weren't able to um, do this year as it relates to some of the concerts and other activities. Um, Knock on wood, the weather will be um, a lot better and will look like it does outside today and be able to get some great racing in. So um, obviously a a huge staple in Temple as you think about our 2023 schedule and be great to be back here in Chicago. And then on top of that, um, we'll be returning to North Wilkesboro for the All-Star Race, an iconic and historic racetrack. Atlanta will be um, moving to the second slot for its spring date after Daytona 500, and then we'll help kick off our playoffs uh, as the very first race um, once we go into the playoffs. And then, you know, to that end, a little bit of a shakeup in the playoff schedule. You know, now that we've seen how the playoffs have, um, have um, you know, shaken out the past couple of years, we wanted to introduce a little bit of, of variety and innovation to it with introducing Atlanta to that very first race in the playoffs, Watkins Glen right after it, um, Bristol night race in that round of 16 to help close us out. And then Kansas moving to the round of 12. And as you think about the round of 16 and round of 12 in particular, um, and the variability and diversity of the tracks, you know, we have some of the best drivers in the world and to be able to see, um, them on short tracks, um, intermediate tracks, super speedways and road courses, Um, I can tell you, as a fan, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. Uh, And then last but not least, we'll be heading to um, Phoenix Raceway for our championship again as we crown all three of our National Series champions.
1: Yeah, Ben, thanks for being on with us. Um, I'm curious, uh, obviously, it seemed like that Iowa was a little bit late addition in the sense of that you couldn't get Montreal done. So I'm curious, A, if that's accurate, and then B, are you still in pursuit of Montreal and if you do get that done for future years, what does that do with Iowa? Thank you.
0: Thanks, Bob. Um, and enjoyed the the tweeting or um, I guess x posting that we had going there um, for a little bit earlier today. Um, you know, but I- Iowa Speedway was something that we've talked about for quite a while. Um, you know, this is something that we've been hearing from our fans for a long time, um, in Iowa in particular, that we wanna see a cup race there. So unfortunately had to take a bit of a hiatus um, over the past few years with COVID um, for their Xfinity Series and Truck Series, but felt like it was important for us to get back to Iowa Speedway. And then as we think about um, international venues in general, we still are bullish about um, finding our way either north of the border, um, whether that be in Montreal or Toronto or another market or south of the border, Um, down into Mexico, you know, as we've mentioned in the past, we want to bring our NASCAR cup series there at some point, we think it's important for us, um, to get outside of the United States, um, with our series in some way, shape or form. So that's something we're gonna keep our pulse on as we think about 2025 and beyond. But, you know, as we've mentioned in the past, timing is always critical to a lot of these moves. We want to make sure that the market's ready for, um, the NASCAR cup series, that the timing makes sense for the industry and the sport. And, um, you know, hopefully we'll be able to move in that direction at some point. Uh, Thank you, Dustin Long, NBC Sports. Hey,
1: Ben, I know you talked a little bit about uh, the playoffs in Atlanta opening up, but you've got with Atlanta a drafting track, Talladega a drafting track. In the past, you hadn't put two drafting tracks in the playoffs. That's certainly 20% of, of the playoffs. Why was Atlanta in there, or was that as much of a carrot to Atlanta to moving its spring date to Atlanta, up uh, to to the uh, February date where the weather's a little bit more of a, a potential issue for its spring event?
0: Yeah, so a number of things as we think about the movement of the Atlanta dates. Um, you know, I think for starters, as you think about the spring date, um, you know, Daytona 500 is our biggest event of the year, and we carry a lot of momentum in the early part of our season. And with seeing how Atlanta has played out over the past couple of years from a racing product perspective, um, you know, obviously we want to see how it, um, it both started and evolved after the repave. And after seeing several races play out at Atlanta, um, felt like it made sense to move it into that second slot after Daytona. Um, it was a natural fit for us seeing that we're not returning to auto club next year. As we think about heading to the West coast swing in Vegas and Phoenix, And then introducing it to the playoffs um, was kind of a myriad of things. Again, the racing product and what we've seen so far, um, the positive fan sentiment that we've seen around, um, you know, what it looks like on track. And then, you know, we felt like it was an opportunity to introduce a little bit of variety to the schedule um, in the playoffs. So, you know, introducing a drafting style track like Atlanta to the round of 16 to follow it up with Watkins Glen. And then the Bristol Night Race is really going to test um, the the variability of our drivers and their skills as they think about punching their ticket to the round of twelve. So um, something that we wanted to do that was a little bit different and um, and shake it up a bit. Also, at
1: at one point there was a little bit of rumblings about Rockingham, and obviously things have been you know some built building up there. Was there any conversation? Is there any interest? Or if you put a race in Rockingham, is it going back to the issues? 15, 20 years ago, there's a race in Rockingham. There's a race in Darlington, there's a race in Charlotte that you're you're flooding the market, and that there really is no place for Rockingham and NASCAR in the future.
0: No, there's um, you know, I, I think as we think about the schedule, we we have had conversations with all sorts of different track owners, um, venue promoters, cities, um, you know, around the world. We've had conversations. Um, with the folks with Rockingham as well. And, um, you know, it's something that we certainly keep on the radar, as is a number of other um, facilities. So, you know, it's something we do want to be mindful of, you know, we have North Wilkesboro, we have a race at Charlotte, we have a race, um, a couple of races at Darlington and Martinsville, we do have a lot of races in that part um, of the country. That said, it's also a really important part of the country for us. So, Um, What the future looks like as we think about that region in particular um, is yet to be seen. But, um, you know, we're going to keep our pulse on, um, you know, all tracks and venues that are out there. Thank you.
1: All right, let's go to Heather Williams. Hi, it's a B.O.
2: Hey, Ben, uh, Heather Williams from WCYB in Bristol. I have a specific question about the spring date in Bristol. Uh, given the history in when it's been in March with the weather, rain, and and sometimes even snow being an issue, how much does that history play into when you're moving a date back to like May or March in this instance?
0: Yeah, so, um, you know, it's a great question. And uh, Bristol in particular is something that we have considered quite a bit. You know, it moving off of Easter Sunday and then moving from dirt back to concrete is certainly a big change, but date is also an important element of that. And as you think about our schedule and if you want to bookend it from President's Day weekend um, or February 4th for the clash all the way to our championship race, which is, um, you know, the second week of November now. Um, you know, it is a bit of a challenge as we think about trying to find dates in the February and March windows. Um, naturally, we don't have a ton of racetracks that we can race at in Florida or um, the southern part of the country where it's a little bit warmer in February and March. Uh, so we do have to stay mindful of it. You know, that said, um, you know, we feel like, um, you know, having Bristol that time of year will, uh, will make a lot of sense. And coming out of the West Coast swing, um, you know, heading back to Bristol, Martinsville, and then Richmond on Easter. You know, those have always been um, somewhat close to each other and have some date equity around it. So we didn't want to move them too far from their current homes. All right, we'll go to Matt Weaver next.
2: Hey, man, Matt Weaver, sports not um, with. Bristol, kind of moving back to the two concrete dates. Have you guys closed the door entirely on dirt racing as being part of the identity, whether it's a temporary track or a more permanent track, too?
0: We haven't. No. Um, you know, we're uh, we're certainly open to dirt racing, whether it be with our Cup Series, Xfinity Series, or Craftsman Truck Series. Something we're going to continue to consider. Um, you know, that said, I think after we've um, you know seen racing on the dirt at Bristol play out for the past few years. Um, and hearing some of the the fan feedback, we felt like it is an opportunity for us to shake things up a bit, move back to the concrete surface in the spring and um, and and move back to all asphalt and concrete tracks for twenty four. I think that said, as we think about um, you know what the future looks like, you know dirt racing does have a unique place in motorsports. Um, you think of a lot of our drivers, they came from dirt racing. Uh, you think of some of the best racing um that I've personally seen, it's it's on dirt. So um, do I think there's gonna be a dirt race sometime in the future? I think so. What that track looks like or what the time is, um, you know, we'll we'll see. But uh, it's something we're gonna keep our pulse on for sure. And you know, I think similar to um, you know, some of these unique styles of tracks like street courses, um, if it does come back on the schedule, I don't think it's gonna be something where we have You know 15 different dirt tracks i I think it might be one or two that we would have throughout the year and really make it something special
2: and then you know the last two weeks we've talked about the wild card round and the playoffs and how uh treacherous it can be for teams to navigate that and then next year we're basically going to have two wild card rounds is there any hesitation or reservation towards uh what that does from like a sporting standpoint
0: um, no, not really. Um, you know, I think as we think about both the round of, I'm assuming the round of 16 and round of 12 that that you're mentioning and Atlanta coming into the playoffs, you know, it's something that we've talked about quite a bit, um, you know, internally, and we we've debated as a scheduling team, certainly competition has weighed in. Um, and, you know, we've had conversations with, with teams around what this could look like. Um, it's certainly that something that we hold, um, you know, very dear to us is making sure that the quality of the, the racing product and the parity is really strong. Um, you know, that said, I do think Atlanta races like a plate track. Um, but you also have a lot of comers and goers and and you need to have a, a good driver and a fast car to be competitive there as well. So, um, you know, I think adding it to the round of 16 is going to be exciting. Having Watkins Glen there is going to test the driver's skill. And then, you know, Bristol is an iconic racetrack for us. So, Um, having, you know, uh, an Atlanta race in the round of 16 and um, Talladega in the round of 12, I think is going to be really exciting for our fans to see. Thank you. All right. Just a reminder as we move forward to uh, when you ask your question, state your name and affiliation. We'll move on to Jeff Gluck.
1: Hey, Jeff Gluck from The Athletic. Um, The Darlington-Daytona
2: shift, I know – for it's largely in part because the the two week break,
0: obviously, but so is it a given that those will move back to the positions that you had them in following this? Are you still, is that still up in the air not guaranteed that they'll
1: return to their spots?
0: Uh, It's up in the air. Uh, You know, I've, um, I've really enjoyed Daytona as a regular season cutoff race, Um, you know, for us the past few years, I think it's been exciting. It's been unpredictable. It's created a lot of storylines, Um, Next year, with us taking two weeks during the Olympics and naturally moving the end of our season back one week um, shifts that. Uh, And we had a lot of conversations about does Daytona continue to stay as a regular season and do you swap it with Darlington? Um, We felt like Darlington on Labor Day weekend um, and being that race is something that's core to, to us and something that's special to our fans so it's something we want to keep in place and and really test out as we think about for for twenty twenty four seeing that it is a little bit different. Um, I know that twenty five is is gonna look different. Um you know, naturally, we'll be in our new meteorites agreement, so it won't be Olympic year. So I think the schedule overall will have um, a lot of variability to it as we think about twenty five. Um, does that mean we'll be back at Daytona potentially? Um, does that mean Daytona is a regular season cutoff race potentially? So, Um, We're going to look at at all scenarios and, um, you know, part of it will also be looking at, uh, you know, seeing how Darlington is as a cutoff race for the regular season. All right. Thank you. Okay, let's move on to Ron Snyder. Hi, this is
1: Ron at WNEP in Scranton near the Poconos. I had two questions on the Poconos. One, a lot of people here since I've been here keep mentioning the fact that they're you know, frustrated that there's not two races anymore. So my question for you about that is how do you balance when you're making the new schedule going in new markets like Iowa, but obviously still respecting the tradition of, of somewhere like this. And then the second part I wanted to know about is what effect do you think having the race here at Pocono a week earlier will do in terms of attendance and how you consider all that.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a great question and I appreciate it. And it's, it's a balancing act, right? So we want to continue to be bold and innovative and introduce new, new uh new venues to schedule like a chicago street course at la coliseum or nashville or Circa of the americas um that said unfortunately we can't add um new races to the schedule so um, every time we add a new date it has to come from somewhere else um so as we think about schedule variability uh and getting to some of these new markets naturally we do have to make some of those difficult decisions um but i think that said if you if you looked at pocono this year I didn't have the chance to go but i looked at some of the aerial shots of it it looked amazing i mean the crowd in the grandstands the camping was unbelievable um it was great to see the amount of people that turned out for the event um the race was fun to watch and um you know i think having it even though it's not on the same exact weekend close to its weekend that they had this year um I, I think helps keep a little bit of data equity and it's a lot of conversations that we've had with nick Igdolsky in the group um is they really love that middle part of july and having some equity around it so we wanted to try to protect that as much as we could
2: all right we'll go to jordan bianchi bianchi the athletic uh ben looking at the schedule and kind of what the daytona darlington uh, fl- uh, flip if you will uh how much consideration was given to having a midweek race or a doubleheader during the regular season to accommodate maybe for keeping Daytona as the regular season finale, and then you know why didn't that work? If you guys were seriously considering that,
0: yeah. So we've um, we've talked a lot about that. Um, we've talked about midweek races. We've had conversations about doubleheaders. Um, I can't tell you how many scenarios we went through. We ended up with uh, our 24th version of the schedule. It was uh, scenario B of 24. So um, there are a number of different variations that we go through as we think about building the schedule. And, and those were some of our considerations, right? And we got to see a lot of that play out, especially during COVID and 2021. Um, you know, that said, we felt like it was in our best interest um, to try to keep most of our races on Saturday nights or Sundays, Um, You know, as we've mentioned in the past, a lot of our fans are accustomed to tuning into races on Sunday afternoons. Um, We see some of our strongest um, ratings and viewership and attendance on Sunday afternoons. So we felt like it's important um, to really protect that, um, you know, as we think about 2024. So does it mean that it looks a little bit different on 24 schedule? It does. Um, You know, I think, as we said, we're going to continue to test and iterate. Is the schedule ever going to be perfect? It's not. It's going to be a journey for us. But I think um, seeing how Darlington plays off as a regular season finale, Atlanta and Watkins Glen in the playoffs, introducing some of that innovation just gives us more data as we think about building out new schedules.
2: And then what is something about the schedule that you really wanted to see implemented this year that you weren't able
0: to? Um, That's a good question. I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, you know, you think about a lot of the highlights, um, you know, to be able to go back to Indianapolis on the oval for their 30th anniversary, something that we've actually talked about for quite a while to be able to, um, do that is going to be special to be back here in Chicago is going to be amazing. Um, you know, the event this year was unprecedented in a lot of ways, including our winner and to be able to come back next year, um, is, is going to be another temple event for us. Um, so I'm really I- excited about it. I was going to be another great addition. I have every expectation it's going to be a sold-out crowd. The camping's going to look amazing there. Uh, I think the racing product's going to be strong. So um, I'm looking forward to seeing how the, the 24 schedule plays out. All right, we'll go to Greg Engel next.
2: Hey, Ben, congratulations. Um, I'm glad we finally got it. Looking at Chicago, great race. uh, Can't wait to go back. But you had to give up some concessions. The city said um, you agreed to shorten the event setup and tear down, and also committed to addressing costs incurred by city departments. You know, we had a new government there, um, and there was a little bit of pushback, but hey, you're going back, and that's the bottom line. Did they kind of have you over, you know, kind of over a barrel, so to speak, in terms of uh, because it's a new administration? And how tough were those negotiations till you finally? We're able to to you know pull the trigger and say we're coming back.
0: No, you know I, I think as we've mentioned around um, you know July first and second of this year is we had every intention of us going back um, to Chicago for 2024, and it's great to officially um, be able to announce the dates for that next year. And you know those are our conversations that we've had. Um, you know, so with the the Johnson administration. Um, coming into office, we've had a great relationship and a really open dialogue with him and his entire team, and they've been nothing but fantastic um, to work with um, since May of this year. So we look forward to uh, to continuing to have those conversations and uh, and what the next few years are going to look like. And you know we're still really bullish on this event and you know what it means to the NASCAR community in the sense of creating a street race in a huge market like Chicago for us. Um, but importantly what this means um, for Chicago and we want this to be a positive event for the city of Chicago something that Chicagoans are proud of Um, and you know part of that comes on what happens on Saturday and Sunday of that race weekend part of that also comes with um, you know road closures and park closures and some of the other um, things that we're doing in communities whether that's STEM or STEAM initiatives uh, and a handful of other things so um, you know, we're really um, proud of the work that Julie Gusey and the team has done here this year, um, but bullish about what the, the next few years look like in Chicago.
2: And a quick mention of the media rights, they'll obviously come into play next year. Do, do, do your TV partners and broadcast partners uh, put a lot more pressure, like maybe next year to, to maybe do some things with the schedule that you felt a little freer to do with this year, or it doesn't matter?
0: Um, you know, the, our broadcast partners are fantastic, um, between Fox and NBC and it's a, it's a really collaborative process with them. And, you know, as you think about the layout of the schedule, um, you know, a lot of that is driven from our conversations with them and programming and times, whether it's an afternoon race, a primetime race, a Saturday night race, um, where a lot of our windows are. So, you know, they certainly have a very big voice at the table. Um, that said, we also have a lot of voices Um, to hear from. So our fans are probably number one on that list. Broadcast partners are high on the list. Our teams and drivers are high on the list. Um, Our partners are high on the list. So there are a lot of folks um, that are certainly weighing in as we think about these scheduling changes. And, you know, it's incumbent upon us to take in all that data and information and feedback, try to make the best calculated decisions as we think about um, rolling out the next schedule.